Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations with some of her favorite people who are talking about the issues that matter most to you. Overcoming Monday is a podcast designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Now let's get started with an introduction to the episode. Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into Overcoming Monday. I just want to give you a little bit of a heads up. Today's episode is on pornography and we're having a frank discussion on why it's so addictive and its effect on our overall health. So if you have little ears in the car, you might want to push pause and listen to it later. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of Overcoming Monday. Today I have my super awesome friend Zach and Ash from Hopetown back with us. Hey guys. Hello. And um, they have one daughter named Evie and one on the way. Have you guys decided, are you telling anybody? I think, actually last night Zach decided the name. Yeah. He put his foot down. Maybe. Come on, you're making me sound like a <laughs> no. We've gone back and forth <laughs> on this baby boy's name. We probably will just announce it when he's born. Yeah, but yeah. that's yeah. I think we've landed on something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Clayton was so anxious to name our child, our first one, and. We named him Jacob, but then at the last minute, I was like, what if I want it to be something else and everyone else right? is already calling him Jacob? Yeah. Yeah. So it is a, it is a struggle for it's sure. Hard. So you guys have a baby on the way. Um, Zach and Ash have a passion for helping people find health in their minds, bodies, and souls. Um, holistic, like their whole self. And so they started a counseling ministry called Hope Town. Um, and you guys counsel in person in Anderson, South Carolina or online. Mm-hmm. Correct. So yep. I love that y'all are here with me today because the subject of today's podcast is so difficult to talk about. We're going to talk about porn today. Um, it's pornography, a frank discussion of why it is so addictive and how it affects our overall health. Mm. No big deal. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I know. Light, light subject. <laughs> you know, the thing is, it's becoming so rampant in the world overall, mm-hmm. um, but I think that in Christian circles, maybe we don't talk about it enough. However, Mm -hmm. I will say I got online Christianity today and I was looking up articles. I was kind of nervous to do a search for porn, like put in pornography Uh in Google because then who knows what's going to happen on my computer. So I decided to do it through a Christian like site. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of articles and resources that I didn't expect to be there. So I love that we're, I think we're talking about it more. Yes, as a culture. And we need to. Um, It's kind of like sex used to be so faux pas to talk about. I think that some people are still uncomfortable saying the word sex. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're a kid and someone says sex or kiss or hug or anything, (gasps) it's like, "Ah!" Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I remember when my kids were little, we had started Crossroads Camp and we did a relationship talk one night and Jacob was in the car on the way home and he had heard the word sex. <laughs> and he mentioned to Clayton that he'd heard the word and Clayton said, do you know what that is? And Jacob said, oh yeah, I know. Um, but he, Clayton said, so what is sex, Jacob? And he said, it's when a man and a woman lay in a bed really close together. Yeah. And they have a baby and they make a baby. That's right. There you go. (laughs) That's all it takes. (laughs) Yep. So that started a conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we just kind of dove into that. How old was he again at the time? I believe he was, that conversation was six. Lord. So Clayton just started a very general conversation. Mm-hmm. Then a few years later, um, Jacob and Joseph are both in the living room and a National Geographic episode comes on. Um, it was something like Migration of the Wildebeest. <laughs> <laughs> You think that's safe, right? Oh. I mean, like migration. It doesn't say yeah. mating. It says migration. National Geographic. It's a long trip. I Things know. happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in our room packing for a trip, and Clayton's in the hallway going to the bathroom. And we hear our kids <laughs> say, what are they doing? Oh, no. I think Joseph said it. And Jacob goes, I don't know. And Joseph says, pause it and so they walk up to the screen and i'm wondering what's going on so i'm peeking out of my bedroom and clayton looks around the corner of the hall and they're at the bottom of the flat screen staring at it from right in front of it wow and they're like what are they doing and literally this might be a little um pg-13 but joseph says i think he's sticking his goober in her butt (laughs) (laughs) it was um a shock and all right and so clayton and i see each other we're both holding our breath and trying not to laugh and jacob said no that can't be and so they unpause it and the guy says during the migration the mating season comes and he explains it i don't know if the kids got it but that started a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah so we talked about started it. <laughs> how oh. animals have sex and then we had to start talking about how people have mm. sex and re- now my kids are teenagers and so we're having to talk about everything we're having yeah. to bring up the subject of porn and yeah. images and being safe on your phone and not having your phones in your bed i mean everybody has their different rules for mm. their kids but we don't let our kids have their phones in their bedrooms at yeah. night yeah um good but anyway so i my heart of talking about porn today is to just broach a subject that is slightly faux pas Mm -hmm. with some people who i trust Mm -hmm. and love who also want health for their friends and for our world i think Mm -hmm. yeah so we're gonna talk about this thing today um Ash, I wanted to ask you, we had a little bit of a discussion about sex overall and how the world sees sex. What is your mm-hmm. kind of policy on talking about sex or yeah. not policy, you know, that's yeah. a little formal, but what are your views on like, how do we have this conversation? Should we have mm-hmm. it? Those kinds of things. I think, well, number one, I'm, I'm as difficult as this subject is to talk about. I'm so glad that we are. And when you sent us this, um, this title for what we were going to be talking about today. I was kind of like, what? But I mean, but Zach and I literally for years, we've said, we hope and pray that we are the people for our friends and family and for our kids that someone could come to and literally talk about anything with and not leave our home feeling ashamed or regret that they were honest. I mean, I just, so I think the reason why I'm so glad to talk about this is because this is this kind of broaches on what I pray that we can represent, just talking about really difficult things that are real in life. Um, so thank you for allowing us into mm-hmm. this conversation. But I think 
you know, for us, whether it's anxiety, depression, abuse, sex, anything, I think we have this policy just between Zach and I and our family that it is all on the table to Mm -hmm. talk about. It has to be on the table to talk about. There's there's nothing that we can hide and, and that we want to hide in our house. So for me, sex falls into, um, just our overall lifestyle of honesty and realness and vulnerability. Um, and, and the word that we like to use is, is normalize. So when Zach was really in the thick of his struggle with anxiety, something that our, um, counselor talked to us a lot about was the more you talk about anxiety, the more you normalize it. It takes, you know, kind of takes the air out of the balloon mm-hmm. or kind of shrinks fear. the elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So you don't have to be as afraid of it. It doesn't have as much power over you. And so I feel the same about sex. You know, if, you know, if we're honest, it's just one of the most natural God-given desires on this earth. And if we can't talk about it, you know, I, I think that's when it grows in the dark. When it has to go underground and you can't talk about it with someone it just it grows in the dark and is not does not grow to be something healthy. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my policy. It's just yeah, and we're I think talk. I think in the past or even when you read the Bible, you have those list of sins, mm-hmm. you know. And when you look at that, something in um, I believe Christianity, all of a sudden it's good or bad, it's dirty or clean, it's mm-hmm. pure mm-hmm. or impure, it's sin or not sin, and and that's good. It's it's a good line to draw. But here's the reality. We are people who have a sin nature. Yeah. And we're going to sin. So we're going to get dirty. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be unclean. Yep. And we're going to have these struggles. So either we struggle with it alone. Right. Or we talk about it with other people who are supposed to be loving us and helping us. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not about we're not going to be free of sin here Mm. on this earth. Mm -hmm. We can overcome it, but we can't overcome it if it's always in the dark. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And so I love what you're saying. I love it. Not Mm -hmm. taking it underground. So we've kind of talked about sex a little bit. Um, I'm making a joke with Zach right now, but um, because we talked about the word educate and this question (laughs) that I'm about to ask him, but Zach, would you please just educate us on porn? Yes. (laughs) Pretty much I'm just wanting to transition this conversation and just say, can you just tell us a little bit of what your idea of porn is? Can we try to define it a little bit for people who uh, maybe, maybe the lines of porn are blurred? Or maybe there's some listeners who don't really understand porn. They ne- they've never been involved in it. Why is it so attractive for people? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, pornography takes many shapes and forms. It. We were talking about pornography when I was a kid was my friend telling me that he had a magazine hidden in the woods. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was seven and I was at a Little League baseball game. And afterwards, he said, I got a magazine. It wasn't even a magazine. It was a ripped out, I guess, magazine he might have took from his parents or whatever. Hit it under this, like, rock, whatever. And I remember going out there and looking at it. I still have the image in my head, mm. um, which is uncomfortable uh, and weird, and, but crazy also how the brain works. Also shows how powerful images yeah. can be in your brain. Yeah. And so, but anything, I, I think any pornography can be anything that is meant to arouse someone, uh, especially sexually, uh, and that, so that could be in the form of a magazine. Today, obviously, it is uh, no 
secret that pornography is most viewed on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally, I could be on social media on Instagram, and there's like this something pops up. It just oh, pops yeah. up, and it's like, yep. what in the world? It, it looks for you. You don't look for it. Yeah, it, it really does. You. It, you don't have to find like you yep. don't have to search hard. Um, and I mean, there's sites dedicated to it. Um, anyway, but so I, I would say it's anything you know that's meant to arouse someone, especially sexually, and that can take many forms. And you know, I, and I think oftentimes, like to answer, you know, why. Because you did ask, like, why, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it so addictive? Do yeah, you, think? you know, I, I think that it really does take it takes you to another place. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes you out of um, what might be causing you stress, mm-hmm. uh, discomfort, pain, whatever in the current circumstances, mm-hmm. and it takes you um, to. I mean, it's a, it's a fantasy right. essentially. It is. It, it takes you to another place and it meets um like ashley was saying a very basic human need Mm -hmm. that we all desire and we all want and so obviously um unfortunately um it just manipulates that basic Mm -hmm. god-given it distorts that beautiful thing that god created Mm -hmm. um so we think we're getting in or at least our brain our bodies thinks that we're getting a need met um but not knowing possibly that how it is distorting and how it could be destroying us mm-hmm. um, in the process. But so I think it's 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 so tricky because it's meeting a need, um, it's meeting a basic desire, I guess, mm-hmm. in us as humans. Um, but then also it provides an escape. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that any addiction is that way. It's when you feel like yep. something's missing, and you're using something else to meet a need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. I love, um, I just got through writing a um, devotional book with uh, my husband for Lifeway, and we are talking a lot about wisdom. Um, in fact, if I've been reading this book called Be Skillful by Warren Wiersbe, and it talks a lot about wisdom, and he's got an entire chapter because the Proverbs actually talk about the adulterous woman and be mm-hmm. careful and watch your eyes yeah. and stay away. And so this book um, called Be Skillful by Warren Wiersbe is, I think, a great resource for wisdom if you are struggling with porn or just need wisdom overall in your sexual life about how to abstain. He walks through the Proverbs with you, but um, in his book, uh, he talks about Proverb, uh, Psalm 26, 2 through 3. It says, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mine. For your faithful love guides me, and I live by your truth. Um, And then I actually wrote this. His faithful love is supposed to guide us as we live by his truth. If we are chasing love, but we're running from Jesus and his truth and his wisdom, then we're pursuing a foolish form of love. Mm -hmm. In Proverbs 7, Solomon tells us about a young and experienced man He's walking along the street one night when he comes upon a prostitute with a hidden agenda. She seduces him with her persistent pleading. She lures him with her flattering talk. He follows her impulsively like an ox going to slaughter, Mm. like a deer bounding toward a trap until an arrow pierces its liver, like a bird darting into a snare. He doesn't know it will cost him his life. Mm. And I think when we think about sexual sin or pornography, we don't really think it's going to cost us our life because the feelings that we think we're going to get from it seem so satisfying. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And um, so I, I, I think wrote, of David I, and Bathsheba too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, did David ever think that he would end up 
committing murder. I mean, obviously that is extreme. Right, yeah. from adultery. Right, yeah, but what right. did it, where did it start? With the simple, you know, the lust of the eyes of looking at mm-hmm. Bathsheba taking a bath. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and what it led to. Did he ever think that? No. No. Um, he didn't, and he didn't think it would mess up his relationship with the Lord either. Right. No. Yeah. Although I think that he was already gravitating. Definitely. Um, in a in a wrong direction mm-hmm. with his relationship with his relationship with the Lord. If he was able to do all the things that he was able to do in that <laughs> chapter. Yes. Um, but I wrote this next in this book that we wrote. I wrote sometimes when I read about extreme circumstances, like someone getting in trouble with a prostitute, I assume I'm above this sort of temptation. But you and I are just as human as this young man. Mm -hmm. So let's look at some reasons the scriptures give us for his folly. He's young and inexperienced. He's oblivious and naive of her intentions. He is seduced by her compliments, thinking she will soothe his heart. He is impulsive. His feelings motivate him to follow her. And he thinks what she has will satisfy him. And here's the hard thing. When we read things like this, it is a man lusting after a woman. But right. let's get real. Porn is very real for women, too. Oh, and yes. it's on mm-hmm. the rise. And so what I want to be sure in this podcast that we understand is that women aren't the enemy. Men aren't the enemy. Our enemy is our sin nature and Satan who's mm-hmm. set on That's destroying right. us. That's right. So if we want to be properly grounded, we have to we have to really look at like we have to put truth and love together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so say you're feeling unloved and you want to fill that desire with porn. Then we have to say, God's truth says, that's not how I will be filled. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how we can define sexual sin is this is a good gift. Sex was a good gift from God. Mm-hmm. But if we're not participating in it in the way that he has designed, it becomes sinful and it will not satisfy us the way that we think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. we'll just need more and more of it, and that's where it can lead to. And that's that's kind of like the, what you know we were talking about the you know, the pattern of any kind of addiction, um, any kind of misplaced desire is we need more and more of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the word is tolerance. Yep. You know, for yeah. an alco- for an Real alcoholic, yeah. you know what you know four beers once gave them a buzz. But eventually, over time, they were going to need more and more, and it becomes a six pack, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a twelve pack, and you know, and the same thing with with I believe with pornography that that you know I, I talk to so many different people that they can't believe the things that they watch or w- where it's gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know I'll watch a you know I'll, I'll see something on a news report of of someone a, a pastor even that might get caught like looking at child pornography. I'm like, how did it get there? Mm-hmm. Like, how did it get there? Did it start there? Mm-hmm. I would probably submit that it wasn't. I probably was you know, submit that it was something more accepted. Maybe, it, you know, this is a guy, he, it, it felt more acceptable for him to look at a woman, you know, some type of woman interaction on pornography. But again, like any addiction, he becomes tolerant. He needs more mm-hmm. and more. He needs mm-hmm. things that will surprise him or her. And, and then it leads to, you know, more things that honestly end up destroying him, whether that's he gets arrested or, obviously gets found out he loses marriage he or she right. um and so literally like you said like the destruction is possible yeah um, right and i think that sometimes the way when you read the bible you think death right mm. okay he had sex with another woman he didn't die right then but let's think about if you rewind everything i think goes back to genesis 3 yeah <clears throat> it said do not eat god said do not eat from this fruit or you'll die Mm -hmm. and then satan says will you surely die 
Mm. So I think that our definition of death, we're thinking the a corpse right. in a grave. Right. Yeah. But what God's saying is that death comes to you in the form of sin. Mm -hmm. And your soul slowly dies if you keep feeding your sin because mm -hmm. you become not only do you become numb to the fact that you're sinning and it takes over a certain area of your life, but the people around you will eventually end up suffering as yes. well. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard. Um, I was reading stats on pastors and porn people in a ministry because I'm very interested in that because guess what? I'm in ministry. <laughs> and um and I know what it's like to feel like you want to talk to people about your struggles, but there's so many repercussions yep. from that. How does a pastor who's head of a church confess his sin? Who does he confess it to? Right. Who is safe? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's really hard. And I think a lot of people would say, I'm safe, but are you? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hope that you are, but if a pastor came to you or a pastor's wife and confess what they were going through would it be the attitude of help or would it be mm -hmm. the attitude of oh my gosh we got to get you out of that pulpit right you know right so um the barna group says that um most pastors 57 percent, and youth pastors 64 percent, admit they have struggled with porn either currently or in the past overall 21 percent of youth pastors and 14 percent of pastors admit they currently struggle with using porn this is huge and and I know that it's I know that it's hard. Mm. I can't imagine I'm not a pastor of a church although my husband is. But we've sh we have shared a shared team which I think takes some of that heat off because they can talk to each other mm -hmm. in a in a really neat way and in a way that I think a head pastor who feels full responsibility of a church doesn't feel like he has. Yeah. That's why I love you guys' ministry with Hope Town is I feel like if there is a pastor or someone in ministry who is listening to this podcast and you are struggling, I know that Zach and Ash would be people who you could reach out to and talk to. That's not a plug. That's a, I totally believe in them. And if you mm -hmm. do need help and you're listening, Zach and Ash would be a great resource. Yeah. So, Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Um, but let's We're also legally bound because. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legally, right. Uh, like if there's a, the brooch of confidentiality, like yeah. I'd be totally breaching you could never say anything. Yeah, so yeah. if somebody has a hard time trusting, just know that I... Like a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. like a lawyer. I legally yeah. cannot say yeah. anything. Yeah. I, I think it, just reading those stats and hearing that, it just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Because pastors and pastors' wives, people in ministry are just that. They are people. And we, on this side of heaven, are going to struggle. It, it, that's, that is like the one promise that Jesus made us, you know, that we're going to have trouble in this world, but it's okay um, because he's overcome it. But he's also given us a community of people to overcome along with. And so for the pastor, or pastor's wife, or person in ministry who feels alone, um, that's a lie and you're not alone. And that's exactly what is going to, you know, keep you in that spot is when you remain isolated. And the key is finding that safe place, that safe person to, to join you and not remain isolated. Yeah. I also think, um, I had a friend, very close friend and her husband was asking her to watch porn and then participate mm. in sex with him. And she felt very uncomfortable by that and came to me. I was trying to help her with that. I was concerned for their marriage. Um, and when I tried to reach out and get her help, 
her story completely changed because she was scared about yeah. how people mm-hmm. would perceive them. Yep. And so I, I see that even if something were to start, man, can just when things start small, can you catch them? In most people's lives, I feel like we can do that. Mm-hmm. In a pastor's life, that's more difficult yeah. because Definitely. he. And you would wonder why you have these pastors falling right. is because they feel like they have to hide their sin from yep. their congregation because they feel the pressure of being perfect. Yep. Yep. And I, no, I'm just going to tell you, I've met a lot of pastors. I've not met one perfect one. Yeah. I no. mean, including my husband, but yep. he's aw- my husband's awesome. Yeah. But he's certainly not perfect. Right. Um, so we have to be careful what kind of standards we put on the people who are leading us. I think that they we need to help them in their sin instead of point the finger, of course, and, and I th- I think until too. it gets to the point to where they're so far in it that they really can't lead. Right. I mm-hmm. think that's what mm-hmm. disqualification means. It doesn't mean you've done this once you're out. It right. means this has taken over your life to the mm-hmm. point at which you, you don't have the capacity right. to lead you're the too people. Far in. Yes. Right. Yeah. Too far in. And I, I would even ask like if you are a pastor or a leader in general, Mm-hmm. You know, or a, a parent, mom or dad, does your ministry, does your family, does your organization, is there a culture of confession? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we always like, we try to encourage, like, from the, and that starts from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a culture of confession where you feel like it, it, there is this known presence that they, that it, they know it, a person knows it is okay to be themselves Mm -hmm. and confess and a lot of places there's not Mm -hmm. you know and that's unfortunate um but do you have a culture of confession Mm -hmm. one where people feel safe and and can trust and can be themselves and confess freely to one another Mm -hmm. so so getting back to porn overall what would you say zach how do how do we get start how do people get drawn into porn and why does it keep such a strong hold? Yeah. Um, I know there's lots of different ways. I'm not saying like, what's the one pathway, but what would you say people just, it just draws them in so fast. How, how does that addiction continue? Instead of just mm-hmm. saying, oh, that was wrong, I'm stopping. Yeah. What keeps them there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's different for obviously everybody, but I think that there are, we now know there for some people it's genetics, you know. So you and I don't know what we're genetically prone to. You know, I think that we now know that addiction, not I think that we know now, we now know that addiction can be genetic. And that might be like I, I keep using the alcoholic, you know, example, but a person could have, a, could be prone to alcoholism, you know. And I, I think the same thing with any kind of addiction, and I see this especially like, if a kid grows up in a, a household where there is some kind of uh, unspoken addiction going or spoken addiction, um, I think that easily um, can draw somebody in and cause them to stay. Um, I think, you know, there's an emotional component that a person's not getting their needs met emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, we were having the conversation last night that I think in families, what I see oftentimes, Shari, is that somebody experiences either invasion or abandonment or neglect mm-hmm. at some point in their life. You know, that boundary, the, the, there's not a healthy boundary when it comes to a person um, being invaded, either 
physically, you know, being hit, uh, emotionally, um, being invaded by our parents, sexually, uh, by someone else, mm-hmm. um, or a family member or whatever, or even spiritually. Like I see kids that, uh, not just kids, people that come from homes where like, you know, let's say, you know, a kid is coming down the stairs and they, they come, they try to do it like a, you know, like a skateboarder or something. And I don't know why that example just popped in my head, but they don't walk down the stairs normally. They just, they, they come down and they come down and, and they come to their parent and their parent says something along the lines of now what Jesus want you like that to me is a, a messed up thing to say. And somebody, you might be listening and you might, that might trigger something in your head that maybe a parent or somebody just use kind of like religion or spirituality. Like a fear-based way of... Yeah, like that's invasion. Yeah, that's an unhealthy spiritual invasion, I think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or neglect, you know, that people uh, either experience neglect in either of those areas too, physically, emotionally, sexually, um, uh, or spiritually, like they experience some kind of abandonment. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're they 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 have this thing in them that is trying to meet mm-hmm. that need, and so or if we're gonna get real, abuse is huge. Yes, and, yes. and it could easily porn could easily be brought into a relationship between oh, yeah. an abuser and mm-hmm. an, someone who's being abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, where they experience images and videos and things like that at a young age. Yep, and because they're already familiar with those things yep. they they don't seem as shocking which is what um, actually there was a stat that I read about millennials it says millennials have grown up in a culture where the average age for a child to be first exposed to pornography has crept younger and younger today it's age 11 mm-hmm. by high school 90% of boys are regularly viewing porn um, additionally an internet poll among Rice University students revealed one in five females said she is addicted to pornography mm. Um, and that's from a Christianity Today article, uh, The New Face of Adultery. So that is so young. Um, mm-hmm. And 11, I think, is even, I mean, that's it, it's young for sure. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it can probably be younger than oh, that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think some, you know, an 11-year-old is probably trying to fit into, yeah. you know, a lot of the, his friends. Everybody's doing everybody's it. Everybody's doing it. It's, hey, look. You know, we, we justify it and we minimize it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're almost looked at as not cool mm-hmm. for 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 not viewing those things. That, but I almost I almost call too like a, a, a issue with porn almost like an intimacy disorder too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lack of intimacy. A person has experienced a healthy level of intimacy, um, and so they seek for it in other places. Mm-hmm. I often find too, like you know, I, that loneliness is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know obviously if somebody experiences neglect or invasion of them, you know, of in, in their lifetime or whatever, there's might be prone to loneliness. You know, I oftentimes when I'm, when I'm working with people, we'll look at triggers. Um, cause I do, I work with, I and mean, this is not any one person I'm telling you, like you said, is rampant and so many people struggle with this. And so, so many of my clients, um, will work on triggers, mm-hmm. you know, what was, the trigger because what to, started this? Yeah, yeah yeah what started it what you know and i think a lot of times we can go back to loneliness mm-hmm. you know that you know they might have saw a post on instagram with their friends hanging out so and so and they didn't get an invite mm-hmm. and they're in their room and they start thinking you know uh self-deprecating thoughts mm-hmm. and leads to loneliness which leads to 
um, looking at pornography, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, th- I also see loneliness. I, I've found at least that loneliness can be a huge trigger when it comes to what draws people in and what mm-hmm. keeps them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I was uh, another article that I was reading. It was a personal story of why he became addicted. Is actually a pastor. Um, and he said the images from magazines were burned in his brain. They felt powerful. It felt powerful to see them again and to become aroused. So his brother and I, his, he and his brother both became addicted to it at the age of 18 to make themselves feel good. Um, and then it became an escape. Mm-hmm. And then he needed to get his fix. And it sounds, I mean, it's just an addiction like everything yeah. else. Um, I'm going to be really vulnerable here for a minute. And I'm going to say, I, I was abused as a child. And because I was abused, I became used to the feelings of sex mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those were hard to get rid of. Yeah. It was hard for me when I, when my mom divorced that man, for me to wake up in the morning and not desire those feelings yeah. that I had become addicted to right. physically mm-hmm. and it wasn't anything I asked for. Nope. Yep. I didn't want that and I wanted someone to help me out of it and you know when I asked someone I told them what I was going through they did not come beside me they said well at least you're just not having sex that didn't help me at all wow. right you know so for me that was a battle I had to fight where I had to say I am not gonna give myself pleasure. This is not mm. right. It never it did not feel right. And so yeah. that is a vulnerability. But, but see, that's what I'm saying is that physical things, visual things be, can become addicting because your body is made yeah. to yeah. form habits. Mm-hmm. We're made to be habitual people, I believe, in, in some ways. And that can give us health, you know, regular time with God regular eating health you know eating regular drinking all of these things we're supposed to do and then when something happens to us and when we become addicted to the wrong thing it actually ends up stealing from us Mm -hmm. because we're trying to fight something that our body's used to Mm -hmm. and i think that porn is that same thing it's a fix it's a feeling it's something you're used to it's a way of coping yeah yes yeah it fills yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so I was going to ask you a question, Ash, and I forgot yeah. what it was. So just um, answer your next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, in as, as we were um, just kind of going back and forth, just, you know, talking about what we were going to discuss today, I think I couldn't get away from, um, you know, so, so many people, I've, I've heard it said and, and read online and kind of preparing for this, like people say, well, porn doesn't affect anyone else. It's okay. If you, as long as you're, you know, you're by yourself, you're at your computer, like it doesn't hurt anyone. But I just think that's not true because, I mean, so much of the research shows that there are many people involved in, you know, the filming of pornography or the, you know, the pictures or whatever who don't necessarily choose to be the objects of pornography. So, um, and they're exploited, you know, whether it's women or men or children who are somehow drawn into um, the pornography industry through human trafficking or just because they are unaware of what's happening to them, Um, you know, whether it be an abusive relationship or something, that a lot of these people who are on the other side of the camera, who, you know, we don't know their stories, we don't know their lives, we don't know their situations, they are actually being affected by our watching of pornography. 
So that's that's kind of yeah. something I wanted to touch on is that it actually really does hurt people. Other, you know, not only does it hurt the viewer, it hurts the hurts the viewers spouse or spouse, girlfriend kids, or family yeah but it also hurts the people on the other side of the screen who may be in a situation that they didn't choose to be in yeah. um which um is very common so i just wanted to touch on that there's an article on christianity today and it's called hot girls wanted <laughs> I kind of feel weird saying that on this. <laughs> well, it's a um, Christianity Today. <laughs> it is a Christianity Today article, and it talks about it. It's about a, a Netflix show that actually um, tells the story of some girls who got into porn. Um, let me tell you what the article says because I haven't watched the show, um, but it basically says that they're lured in with kind of this idea of you have a look that we like Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be unclothed. You're not going to be doing, you know, things that are terrible, I would say. But, you know, some of these girls were Christians and they're like, I need to live it up at some point in my life. Mm -hmm. And sure, let's just get real. We know, I know that they're believing lies, but let's look at how they're lured in. They're lured in with a promise of something not so bad. But mm-hmm. then once they're then they get there and once they've different. done three shows, there there's another girl who's new yeah. and has a different look. And guess where the used girls go yeah. to start doing the hard right. porn and they're made to do stuff that they don't want to do, not paid, mm-hmm. unclothed, raped very often. Right. Mm. Stuff that is not at all what they thought they were walking into. Yeah. Like so I know all of it's bad. Let's just it's or whatever. It's not, it's not healthy for yeah. us. Yeah. It is sin. I get it. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about how, let's really acknowledge the fact that sometimes these girls get trapped into something that they did not know that was going to be the right. end result of it. Yep. So let's go back to the Proverbs 7 verse, Lord in mm. to something that they didn't understand because yeah. they were ignorant, naive, um, they didn't sweet talk like all of these promises of things and then it brought death and so these girls are dying these girls that are part of these videos their lives are being destroyed by porn and then our lives are being destroyed Mm -hmm. by it as well Mm -hmm. even though we don't know it yeah i think that's the horror of porn overall And just yeah. the fact, and I mean, we won't even, and I think you're going to touch on this in a later episode in the series, but just the, how it turns people into objects. Mm-hmm. The, the people who are viewed in pornography aren't, you know, the viewers are not seeing them as people who yeah. have a story and a life and, um, but they're seeing them as objects of pleasure and yeah. people are so much more than that. Yeah. I, I would even have the thought, I would be willing to bet like, you know, you've, uh, the last series, talking about women, you hit on them, like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. you know, but I would be curious, you know, all, all the, 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 not just Hollywood stars, but the people, the things that came out with people that were objectifying women mm-hmm. and, and, and treating women unfairly. I would be willing to bet that the, I can't say this for sure. And I don't want to sound too arrogant, but I'd be willing to bet that pornography was probably a part of that, yeah. that person, mm-hmm. um, that person's life in some way. Um, and I, I think it's too, like, I feel like I have to, cause I have, I have friendships with obviously unchristians, uh, people that aren't Christians. And it's so interesting too hearing them, you know, and I'll, or I'll listen to a podcast from a guy I'm thinking of specifically that's not a Christian and, 
you know, and this is just talked about as like a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he doesn't see it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and we can, we can disagree on that obviously. Um, but cause we think and we're talking, especially from a Christian pers- perspective right. yeah. of, we think how we see how it destroys, but not even like we see it from a biblical perspective. We like, I think there's been n- studies and studies of seeing how this affects you marriages, know, sex yeah. life, your sex right. life. Like, right. Um, it affects so many things that we don't even know. Partners that don't know how to have sex anymore without porn. Right. Um, and then their sex life falls apart because their wife no longer turns them on. And then she's yep. upset and the marriage yep. falls apart. And then you got to find someone else. So and that common. also yeah. leads into adultery. Mm-hmm. There's so many effects of it. We've talked a lot about the negative effects. Let's end today talking about um, some ways that we can heal. I know that in the same article that I mentioned before about the pastor, um, let me get the title of this article. It was called Addiction Destroyed My Pastorate on Christianity Today. But um, he goes through a, a list of ways that he ended up getting out of porn. So he spent a weekend confessing everything to his wife and kids, which... I can't imagine that that at all was easy. Um, And after that became depressed and he Mm -hmm. had to go um, see somebody, which is it's all I think all this sounds very normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're scared to confess because we're scared we're going to get depressed and be in shame. That is an effect of our sin. But there is a way out of that, Mm -hmm. too. And so he saw a a counselor and that counselor helped him. Um, He was so his pornography also led to affairs. So he was to have no, absolutely no contact with women who, to which he had affairs, no calls, no texts, no emails, meeting or meetings, no, any, no contact at all. Um, he could not watch pornography and he could not, um, give himself pleasure. After about a month of the new lifestyle, one of the women called him on a cell phone. Um, he hung up, he told his wife, gave her the phone and then he got a new phone. Then he began to attend a men's ministry um, that helped him in his struggle with sin. So, and that to me is like uh, being obedient to what Jesus talks about um, when Jesus says, "If your right hand or left hand can remember cause you to sin, cut it off." Yeah. Um, And obviously, he's not meaning literally. Right. In my mind, cut it off. He is saying hey, this stuff destroys, it's serious. Mm-hmm. That change. to me, that God doing all that yeah. is cutting his hand off or gouging his eye out yeah. like Jesus says. Like, he saw, he wanted to get better. Right. And he considered the consequences. He's willing to do whatever. And he walked into them. Right. And he did it. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what I would like to see happen. In our, mm-hmm. that, this is how we overcome sin. Not that's by right. hiding it. No. Mm-hmm. Not by no. acting that we're better than we are, that we're more holier than we are. We're not. Right. You know, I'm not saying that listener that you struggle with pornography personally, but someone, you know, does, I guarantee you someone. Yes. And, and so can we take these steps with them Mm -hmm. instead of doing what happened with my friend who talked to me and no one helped her right? because no one thought it was serious enough for them to walk through it. And then she did, she felt alone, Yes, you know? And I would even say if we're not willing to go through that radical process with any sin, whatever it is, if we're not willing to go through it, we we are the ones who are going to miss out. Mm-hmm. We are going to settle for a cheap grace mm-hmm. when Jesus offers us something so much deeper and more beautiful. You know, I, I'm Zach and I, just part of our story and part of our struggle 
with anxiety when we spent a year in counseling. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, and that's what we say. We wouldn't wish it on our worst enemies, but we wouldn't um, we wouldn't undo it because stepping into the process of healing was completely life changing, and now we experience a depth of relationship with each other with our friends and family that we would never know. Yeah, there's had we not have walked through it. There's yeah. nothing like the acceptance found when you are received for all of you. Mm-hmm. Warts, wrinkles mm-hmm. and all. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that acceptance and it is contagious. Mm-hmm. And you know it's and, not that that person's accepting sin. They're accepting that you are a sinner. Correct. And that they're standing beside you. And they you love you anyways. Yep. Yes. And and they're for you anyways. Mm-hmm. And there's and that's the that and why is that so powerful? Because that's how God loves us. Yeah. Like there's that radical grace. Mm-hmm. And then we, when we can experience that here on earth in our in our horizontal relationships, it is so powerful. And there's and we and we we've devoted our life to it now. Right. You know. So mm-hmm. Jesus is loves us even though we're sinners. But he is never going to stop trying to help right. us overcome mm-hmm. and rid ourselves of it. Right. And I think that's the that's the full gospel. A lot of people are preaching a half gospel. Yeah. Right. Yep. You be you. You just accept right. all. Of, I accept all of you. That's great. Accept yeah. them. But but we all yeah have a struggle with sin that we need to overcome. And I think sin. I think yeah. about John eight. I think it's John eight with the adulterous woman who the mm-hmm. Pharisees pull out of the room yeah. in the act of adultery, naked. Mm-hmm. Um, completely embarrassed ashamed i can't imagine everybody's crowding around right and he's you know jesus famously says you know if you've not sinned mm-hmm. throw the first stone and he stands with her and he's mm-hmm. sta- he's standing beside her mm-hmm. um that's, yeah that's so important and yeah. and obviously none of them throw a stone and it's just left him and her mm-hmm. she's still naked by the way um most likely and you know uh and he says who condemns you yeah and she says no one he says neither do i yeah but then he also says Go and, and sin no more. more. Yep. And so he, he, there was full acceptance there, but there's also, um, you know, a, a, a uh, charge to, to beat the sin, to right. overcome mm-hmm. the sin, yeah. but that he's with her. And that's such a yeah. beautiful thing. Um, and so, and I don't know if I can, sorry, if, if I can even transition into this or if we're going to end it there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to. Yeah. yeah. End it. But we can do, we'll, we'll do another episode. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, this isn't going to be heard, right? So. <laughs> yeah. So Zach, do you want to? I mean, Ash, do you want to tell us how to get in touch with Hope Town and how to get in touch with you and Yeah, and Zach. Yeah, we're on Facebook, um, Hope Town, and we are on Instagram and Twitter at um, This Is Hope Town. This Is Hope Town, all one word. So you can find us there. And our or, site, yeah, This Is Hope Town dot com. Yep. Yes, we'd love to talk with you. So friends, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Overcoming Monday, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. Porn is such a difficult topic, but it's definitely one we need to talk about. So I hope we've given you something to think about. And also, I know that you probably have friends who would benefit from this podcast, so be sure to share it with them. And uh, if you love this conversation, share it on your social media as well. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and I hope I've given you something to overcome your Monday.